Hola, que tal amigos? Welcome to the first episode of my second season of My Mexican Mistakes, and I'm sending this to you live from a town called Sayulita in Mexico. Sayulita, in case you don't know it, I didn't know it until I discovered it. Not discovered it like, you know, oh, look, I discovered Sayulita. It was never on anyone's radar before. It's on the radar of a lot of people. I discovered it a few months ago when I was still in Mexico City looking for new places to go after January and kind of wanting to explore the Mexican coast a little bit. But it's a little tricky because I didn't want to go to a super congested place, but also being alone, not having a car, I wanted to go somewhere where I could walk everywhere, where things were accessible. I did not want to be the crazy American lady living by herself on the beach in some remote hut. That was not on my agenda at all. Um, so Sayulita looked to be kind of a good mix of a town where I could get pretty much the things I needed um, on foot and also a beach town. So I had that feeling of, hey, look, I live on the beach. And I don't live exactly on the beach here, but I'm like two blocks away. Having said that, I knew before I came, I really wasn't a beach person. Like I'm more of a resort overlooking the beach kind of person while I'm at the pool and people are bringing me drinks. That's really the kind of person I am. So it wasn't like I, I, I never go in the water at the beach, ever. Um, and uh, to be honest, if there's people eating and drinking on the beach and dogs running around, which you have here, I think that, you know, the beach is a little dicey to walk on without shoes. Uh, so I'm really not, as I'm sure you can tell from this, a beach person, but I thought I was a beach town person, and there's a difference. When you see yourself as a beach town person, you picture yourself getting up in the morning, going for a walk, walking down to the beach, getting some coffee, looking out at the ocean and the surfers. And I do feel like Gidget, uh, you know, being this close to so many surfers. Um, but, you know, it's like the beach life without the beach itself um, is kind of, I guess, what I was looking for. And I have found it here. Um, so it was not a mistake to come to Sayulita, and I don't want you to think that that's my big Mexican mistake this week was coming to Sayulita because it wasn't. It's really charming. It's pretty. Um, again, I like being close to the beach, but I would prefer to be at a resort pool overlooking it. But in any event, um, so here I am in Sayulita. And of course, because it's a new place, I am making mistakes. And I'll be honest, most of those mistakes involve animals. Um, and that's because I really was never much, like I love dogs, but outside of dogs, I really don't know much about animals. And I don't, don't really know that much about dogs, but I like dogs. If cats were as big as us, they'd kill us, but that's a different story. Um, but no, here I am exposed to a lot of animals, 
which I did not expect to happen. And of course, I make mistakes. Um, For example, one of the first days I got here, I was walking up this huge hill that's in front of my place and uh, wanted to see like the houses kind of towards the top of the hill, which are kind of like mansions cut into the mountains, Um, which I have no idea. I mean, if people think building the pyramids was hard, which I'm sure it was because they did not have those, um, you know, construction guys they have in Illinois that have the We Move the Earth trucks. You know, those guys is at Walsh Construction um, with the gigantic trucks on the highway where everything goes over schedule. And, you know, their motto is, we move the earth. So I'm sure it was super hard to build the pyramids without the we move the earth trucks. But at the same time, I don't know how you build a house into a mountain. Uh, I think that engineers, architects, and cement workers are among my heroes. But anyway, so I'm walking up the hill. Now, I'm not an early riser. So when I tell you I was walking up the hill, um, it was like 9.30, 10 o'clock in the morning. And I heard a rooster crowing, you know, buck, 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 buck. You know, that really classic rooster crowing that I've seen in a lot of cartoons, um, like foghorn, leghorn kind of things. Um, I never heard a rooster crow in my life, you know, near me. Um, But I could hear the rooster crowing constantly. But what I was confused about was that, why was the rooster crowing at 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning um, to let everybody know the view was on? Because I always thought roosters crowed at sunrise because in cartoons, that's what roosters do. Um, so, uh, no, not so much. I learned a big lesson. Roosters can crow pretty much any time of the day or night. So for everybody who thought Roosters only crowed at sunrise. No, roosters are closer to my schedule than some crazy, you know, sunrise schedule. So that's like not a mistake that cost me anything. It's just a huge mistake because for years I've been operating under a misconception. And if everything you know about science and animals come from comes from cartoons, you have been operating under that same misconception. Here's another mistake I make a lot in Sayulita um, that involves animals, and this does involve dogs. The relationship between the people and the dogs and the dogs and the dogs in Sayulita is kind of strange because what happens is this. There's a lot of dogs roaming around. The dogs look well-fed. The dogs are certainly groomed. The dogs have collars. And apparently what goes on here is that in the morning, the dog doesn't exactly go off to work, but the dog leaves. And the dog roams around town all day with his or her dog friends. And then around evening, I guess, the dog goes home. Now, of course, there are street dogs here that don't seem to have a home. And it's really heartbreaking um, to see as many street dogs as I have. But the dogs are friendly, and I haven't seen any dog that looks, you know, skinny or like he's in bad shape. 
maybe just not as well groomed as the other dogs because the grooming gives you a big sign that someone is taking care of that dog. But when I first got here, uh, I was like having delicious steak tacos, arrachera tacos um, outside. And this dog came over and put his head on my leg and gave me a look. And the look ended up with me basically giving him my whole delicious steak taco, which I was happy to do um, because I could always get another steak taco. And I felt so virtuous feeding this dog an entire steak taco until the people next to me uh, at the table said, oh, that was so nice of you to feed Gloria. Um, So they knew the dog. Not only did they know the dog, the dog was the dog of the owner of the taco place. And not only was Gloria the dog of the owner of the taco place, the owner of the taco place watched as I fed the delicious steak taco to his dog. Um, and apparent or her dog to his dog, and apparently Gloria has mastered the art of pretending to be a stray dog. In that, I mean, she's groomed, and you know, she's got good teeth, and she looks super healthy. But she has mastered the look of, oh, please feed me. If you don't, I will starve to death. And I have to say. Gloria could have lost a little bit of weight because Gloria is clearly two-timing a lot of customers, doing this routine a lot. And I was happy to know I wasn't the first nor the last customer to fall for this bit. But this to have been tricked by a dog and to have been tricked by a dog while the owner of the dog watches, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. Um, but I can tell you that the dogs here are super independent. A few come over if I call them. I bought some ham at the local market to keep in the fridge to give the dogs. But a lot of the dogs don't even come over. They're like on their own. These are the most independent, friendly, but just not interested really in other people. These dogs like to meet their friends. They run around. I, I, I can't figure it out. I can't figure out why some dogs have collars, some don't. Um, I, I can't, the other day, uh, there was a dog just kind of hanging out on my porch for a little bit. And then a car pulled up and the owner said, Choco, get in the car. And I was glad I wasn't being kidnapped. And my name is not Choco, but Choco was the dog. Um, and the dog just leapt off the porch into the, uh, car. Uh, so clearly Choco was just hanging out with me, but has a home. So I'm going to be constantly, I believe, constantly and thoroughly confused by what goes on here with the dogs. But they're cute and they're friendly and they're lovable. And I wish I could take them all home with me. Um, So there's another instance where uh, I have been misled by uh, an animal. Now, you know, the town is so small that it's really hard to make a lot of mistakes here because unlike Mexico City, where there's 27 million people, um, and it's like seven times as big as Chicago, or maybe 10 times as big as Chicago, so there's plenty of opportunities to make mistakes. Here in Mexico, in in Sayulita, not so much. You know, it's small. Um, I understand a lot, and here's another reason why I haven't made as many mistakes, because Almost everyone in Sayulita speaks English. I almost never hear Spanish. I, it's 
amazing to me. I never thought I could be in a foreign country and never hear the language of that country. But I will tell you, honestly, I'm not exaggerating when I say 85 to 90% of the conversations I'm involved in and that I overhear are in English. This place is full of Americans, um, full of Canadians, uh, lots of Australians. Why? Because it's a big surfing center. There's a ton of surfing schools. There's a ton of surfing shops. In every restaurant you go to, every bar, every coffee shop, every uh, surfing shop, souvenir shop, art store market, you name it. There isn't a business that you can't go into in this store, in this shop, in this town, sorry, where they're not speaking English. Um, so I don't really have a lot, a lot of opportunity to make mistakes because pretty much I'm surrounded by Americans speaking English in Mexico. Um, there are places where I did wish that the person spoke English only because these are very important places and it's very important for me to get this right. And that's, gonna, that's the laundry uh, place, the laundrette, where for a fee, they will do your laundry. Uh, they'll do my laundry, not yours, my laundry for me, um, for a fee. I would like to give very specific instructions about you know, the laundry in English, but of course, no, there uh, nobody is speaking English. Um, but at the same time, I'm so happy to be able to speak Spanish that I don't mind. And that's another thing. I try to speak Spanish here um, to people, even though I know they can speak English, but they insist on speaking English, probably because they want to improve their English, or maybe they just don't want to hear my Spanish because it makes their ears bleed. I, it could be, you know half a one, uh, I mean, could be, you know, what's that expression? 50% of one, a half dozen of the other. I don't know. There's some old expression that would cover this. But really, I can't tell if it's because my Spanish is so bad, they would just prefer to speak in English or because they would like to practice their English. The people in Sayulita are very, very nice, very accommodating, very friendly. And when I say the people in Sayulita, I mean the residents, the people that are Mexican. The Americans and the Canadians are super annoying, and here's why. So I lived in Mexico City for six months, right, before I came here. And you can't, you know, walk out of your door in Mexico City without someone saying, you know, hello, good day, um, good morning, good afternoon. The greetings go on constantly in Mexico and I, Mexico City, and I love it. I love saying hello to stranger, strangers. I love talking to strangers. Um, you could just say I love talking, but really, the people in Mexico City are incredibly friendly. And one of the big problems I had when I'd come back to Chicago is I'd want to say hello to people. But in Chicago, if you say hello to strangers, the you know people believe they, they're about to be the victim of an armed robbery or something, which giving, given what's happening in Chicago right now, not an unreasonable assumption. But it is really hard to just, you know, say hello to strangers in Chicago and probably anywhere uh, in the USA. But in Mexico City, no. In Mexico City, it's expected you'll say hello 
you know, to people that just you pass on the street. And I love that. Here, because most of the people I'm passing on the street are Canadians, Americans, or Australians, they never say hello. And uh, it's just, you know, to that extent, like being back in Chicago. So as a consequence, because those groups that are so prevalent here do not say hello, are not particularly friendly, the Mexican people that live and work here, you know, probably figure, why bother? Nobody's going to say hello to me. I'm not going to say hello to anybody. So then I walk down the street and say hello to everybody. So I think they like me best, which is always my only goal in life, to be liked best. Um, No, but seriously, it is annoying. Like, I'll walk right past some Canadian um, and they won't even look at me. And I'm like, hey, if we were in Mexico City, you'd be giving me a big hello and I would be giving you a big hello. So I could live without that. I wish that Sayulita just had not as many, uh, you know, unfriendly people and just more Mexicans. Um, But, you know, it's a very popular surfing town. And in fact, the big homes that are like cut into the mountains, from what I understand, they're pretty much owned by these tech people from California that made a killing and this is their like retreat. Um, Another group I see here a lot and they pretty much are also Americans, Canadians or Australians, but they are also hippies. Now tonight's Academy Awards and my pick for best movie of the year is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I love that movie. I've seen that movie four times, all four times in Mexico City. And then I bought the movie from Apple. So that's how much I love that movie. And um, one of the things in that movie that I can never get enough of is when Leonardo DiCaprio's character complains about hippies. Like Leonardo DiCaprio, I am not a fan of hippies either. As a matter of fact, I can't stand hippies. And The hippies here look like the rejects from the Manson family. It is not a good look. The hippie look, you know, when you're 25, 20, um, and, you know, you're super thin, and you got great hair, great, you know, muscles, okay, you can pull off the I'm almost wearing no clothes because I'm a hippie look. Because if you're young and in great shape, you can pull off any look. Um, not so much, uh, you know, for the, I suppose, like leftover hippies that really were hippies back in the day when they were young, and now they're still hippies like in their 70s. This is not a good look. And I'm not, you know, harsh or judgmental. Well, I guess I do kind of sound kind of judgmental. But believe me, if you had to look at these hippies all day, you would feel exactly the way I do. Because I have seen nothing, nothing um, to recommend this look to anyone over the age of perhaps 20. And so there's a lot of old hippies wandering around. The smell of marijuana is in the air everywhere. I never see people smoking it, but I smell it everywhere. So I'm always looking around like, but where is it coming from? Uh, Maybe it's incense. I don't think so, though. It smells a lot like marijuana, which wouldn't surprise me. So I saw Fast Times at Ridgemont High, 
surfing, stoners, it all goes together. Um, in fact, one of my neighbors who saw me smoking the other day, who definitely falls under the category of old hippie, very nice. Um, if she wouldn't sing out loud with her 1960s folk ballads that she plays on speaker, um, I could get along with her. But uh, that music is awfully hard to take. And then her singing along in this very high falsetto tone, equally hard to take. But in any event, the other day I was sitting on my front porch and I was working on something and I was smoking. And then she came over from across the street to tell me that she didn't think I should smoke, which, you know, I appreciate the good thoughts behind that. Um, and then she offered me some marijuana and told me I should smoke weed instead of tobacco. And my response to her was, if I started smoking weed at 10 in the morning, um, I would pretty much be eating pizza and laying on my couch all day. Uh, I don't need an excuse to lay around, eat pizza, and watch TV. Uh, you know, or I don't need any help in that direction, I should say. So I told her, thanks, but I'm going to stick to coffee and cigarettes. Uh, so, but, you know, it's, it's just like this, you know, totally laid back kind of hippie lifestyle. And that sort of fits in with that. And I don't have a quarrel with it. I am more annoyed at when she sings along to some Peter, Paul and Mary song, which is going to drive me out of here pretty fast. Anyway, um, I, I've called this episode, I've never seen chickens in public and you might be wondering what that means. Well, here's what that means. In addition to my strange encounters with the roosters and the dogs, um, today I was walking uh, this morning uh, around the neighborhood, and I saw a chicken walking with some little chickens. Are those chicklets? What are little chickens called? Um, I think they're called chicklets, although I might be mixing that up with gum. Um Anyway, I told you I'm not good on animals. But I see this chicken followed by little chicks. Chicks, that's what they are. And they're walking up the street, like they're on their way to the market, you know, to get some water or something. And nobody gave the chickens and the chicks a second look. Uh, and I, of course, was mesmerized by the fact that I was sharing a sidewalk with a couple of chickens and some chicks. And I could hear the rooster crowing which I guess is the male figure in the household. But the rooster wasn't going along on this expedition. He just continued to crow. Once again, it was like 10 or 10.30 in the morning. But anyway, I was so stuck on sharing the sidewalk with the chickens and the chicks as they just marched up the street, um, I guess to the 7-Eleven, um, that I took a picture of that. And then I took another picture. And as this man was walking past me, and he saw me taking the pictures of the chickens, he said, haven't you ever seen a chicken before? And I was like, yeah, I've been to the zoo. I said, yes, but never in public. So I thought that pretty much sums up, so far, my Sayulita experience, I've never seen a chicken in public. I've never been with so many hippies. Oh, and that's another thing. A lot of people walk around the streets and the sidewalks without shoes. Don't get me wrong. I love to be shoeless. I'm shoeless all the time at home. I can't wait to take my shoes off when I get home. 
I don't like to wear shoes in the house. And I won't, I don't even wear them when I'm sitting on the front porch. But if I'm going to actually walk on the street, of course I'm going to wear shoes. But people roam around town all day and all night, no shoes. They ride bikes with no shoes. I don't know how you could even pedal a bike without shoes. I remember as a kid, I tried to and it hurt. Um, They drive golf carts without shoes because that's one of the premier modes of transportation around here, a golf cart. Um, And they drive golf carts without shoes. Um, The driving here, I thought when I read that golf carts, they're not the only means of transportation, but when I read that they were the most prevalent um, types of vehicles used for transportation, I was kind of excited because I thought, oh, I'd love to drive a golf cart. But after having been here, I will never, I will maintain my oath to never drive in Mexico because I would never drive a golf cart in this town, and here's why. Number one, like I said, you're competing with other vehicles. But here's what you're competing with when you drive those golf carts. Not just other cars. Big, gigantic Coca-Cola delivery trucks that can't turn onto the streets because they're so narrow. So they do a weird three-point turn and then back up, up. There's a little market across from me. And if I'm at home working, I see the deliveries all day long. And the trucks back up, up the hill. First of all, driving in reverse for me is always a huge challenge. That's number one. Number two, driving a truck would be way beyond anything I can do. Number three, driving a truck in reverse will be something that'll have to wait for my next life when I'm like a better driver. Number four, driving a truck in reverse up a hill. Um, No, that I am in awe. I don't think we should have Academy Awards for acting because I think acting looks pretty easy if you ask me. Um, But I think we should have awards for excellent drivers. And these people who can drive these trucks up a hill backwards and they don't hit anything, they're the ones who should be getting the awards. And like the Presidential Medal of Freedom, not that jerk Rush Limbaugh, but that's another story. Um, But no, that's who should get the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Coca-Cola delivery drivers who can drive in reverse up a hill without hitting anybody. So golf carts, trucks, trucks going backwards, hills. You have cars, you have taxis, you have bikes, you have motorbikes. You have, I don't know, they're those motorcycles that have one wheel in the back and two in the front. I guess they're motorcycles, but they're like way wider than a regular motorcycle. Then you have dogs and you have people and they're walking barefoot. And this is who you're competing on the streets with? Absolutely not. I would, I, my hat goes off to everybody who is driving any sort of vehicle here, from bikes to Coca-Cola 18-wheelers. They're super impressive to me. Um, So this town is interesting. It's, it's, I think it's quiet. I mean, it's, you know, there's like 300 people in the whole town maybe. So it's not exactly Mexico City. I miss Mexico City a lot, but I do like it here. Um, although I, I have learned 
that maybe I'm not a beach town person. Maybe I just better stick to resorts. Um, but that's a different story. It was not a mistake to come here because I'm having a good time and I'm learning a lot about animals. Um, and also I hear some great conversations. And I'll leave you with this. The other day I was walking and there was some people, there were some people walking behind me. And I heard one guy say to another, uh, well, it's not exactly a muscle relaxer, um, but it's pretty cool. And I don't get addicted to anything. And I thought, ah, that's a recipe for disaster right there. But since, like I said, the town is full of old hippies and roosters that get up super late, oh, and the food is delicious, of course. It's like a lot of grilled fish, lots of fish tacos, um, but all sorts of delicious grilled fish and some great pizza places. And of course, it's Mexico. So wherever you go, whatever you eat, it's the law. It has to be delicious. But I'm going to be here for a few more weeks. And I, um, you know, we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks uh, as I learn more about animals and hippies. Uh, and hopefully we'll have some more mistakes to tell you about or some new impressions of the town. It is, um, it's, it is a different experience, but I would definitely say come and see it for yourself or try a beach town and see what you think because you may learn a lot about yourself. And, um, you, but you won't, need, uh, you won't need a podcast and you will not need a visit to the town to know that when you are out in public and when you are driving any sort of vehicle, you should always wear shoes. Okay, ciao from Sayulita, and I will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks for listening. Please share this, tell your friends, rate it, um, and uh, we'll see what happens. As we say in Mexico, vamos a ver. If I can't speak Spanish to the people in Sayulita, then I'm speaking Spanish to you. Adios, muchachos.